to be back for another week. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, it's a Monday. It's Monday, the 18th of September, 2023. Fantastic week last week. Fantastic week begins tonight. We've got a great guest, too. That is Matt Christensen. He's coming over to hang out. And we're going to talk a little bit about, I don't know, a little bit of a weekend review, some of the silly things, the curious things happening around the world, and also some things that are not so seri- uh, silly. Um, you know, every once in a while we talk we talk about all of the, the mainstays in the news cycle. You're going to get hit with guns really hard for about a month. It'll go away for a little while. Then we'll talk about abortion. It'll go away for a little while. You'll talk about health care. It'll go away for a little while. Then you're hammered over the head with something else, one thing or another. And, um, and then it always comes back. Uh, climate, that's the other one. Well, um, illegal immigration. Illegal immigration is, um, I mean, what's happening right now is, is incredibly dangerous. Uh, we're heading, I should say, we're heading into the more dangerous death knell phases of what is it's, uh, this, this reset. One that has been, has been ushered in through, you know, many, many, um, many avenues through education, the perversion of, of law. It's been, it's been bad. The, the perversion of the financial uh, system, it's, it's been horrible. But as far as this goes, as far as what's going on in the Southern border and then in the Eastern hemisphere in, in Europe, um, it's bad, man. And there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands more coming up through trains gigantic caravans of people and it the dinner bell is being rung so i want to talk a little bit about that with matt because it's you know although the, the southern border has been open since the 1960s especially yes but this is I, this is like i this, this is the end right here this is the end just like the the cherry on top this is a huge cherry though so, um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, the lost jet and whatever else. Oh, and then this, uh, this incredible school exercise we spoke a little bit about on the morning show this morning. I wanted to bring this up with Matt too. And then in the second half, I'll see what you guys, um, how you answer along. Uh, just so you know, uh, I, yeah, tonight we are back on YouTube after a week of getting, uh, being suspended because of the P the PG rated George Nori episode. We're back on tonight, and from almost every episode forward at the halfway point, we are jumping off of YouTube. So just be prepared. Around 8 o'clock tonight, we will uh, we'll just pause for a second. We will roll the, um, roll the video where you can go, which is everywhere except YouTube, and then we'll go on from that. It's over. It's over. I've had enough. I've absolutely had enough. There's no rhyme or reason to anything that goes on on that platform, and I, I just, I've been trying so hard to get people to... Get on over, and now whoever comes are the people who are, we were always meant to be hanging out with. So that's what um, that's what we'll be doing around the halfway point, whether it's an hour-long show or a two-hour-long show. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are hanging out with us over the weekend, on Saturday night I did about a 20-minute stream from my new home studio. Uh, tested a lot of things there. Very excited about what's going on with that. That went swimmingly. Also, this studio has been 
completely deep cleaned and this computer has been just um, upgraded on a number of different ways number of different ways and I got my my stream deck back that's right I got it back take a look at this I'm, I'm sure some of you have been missing all of these oh shit yeah everybody missed that one oh here's one I hate them I missed I missed you Anakin I missed you so much vagina I miss you too Large. Great record. Excellent album. We learned a lot from Great it. Great record. Great record. I even brought Doctor uh, uh, Mr. Hammond back. Ah! Yes. Norm is back. No offense, but it sounds like some fucking commie gobbledygook. I, I feel like I have all my friends. I feel like all my friends are back. You know what I mean? What else do I have here? I am black. I am gay. I am disabled. There you, there you go. And they will change the dress code of the Senate for you. Um, oh, oh, this is going to be, this is new. I had to get it. And I, I, I don't know where I'm, how I'm going to use it. It'll probably just be like a non sequitur. I'm going to have to just slip it in. And maybe it'll just be funnier that way if it doesn't make any sense. Give me back my son! <laughs> I got mail. Give me back my son! I had to get him. <laughs> so frantic. Anyway, anyway, I feel, I feel like all my all my friends are back. I'm not so alone in the room anymore. So give me back my son. That's what we have. All right. Well, well, I uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for the the time. And let's just get started, shall we? Into the grab bag we go. Into the was that a flash of lightning? I think it was. Either that or somebody took an old school flash of lightning. I just heard thunder. If we break off, if the, we have a brownout or something like that, then you know what happened. Every once in a while, lightning storm will put a stick in the spokes over here. But um, we will uh, we'll do the best we can. For the, for the uh, meantime, it's very cozy. I have a little bit of sad news I have to get around to before we do anything else. Uh, Brendan Dilly... Our buddy Dilly put this out there, and I know that Jeff Brain of CloudHub, the founder of CloudHub, had been experiencing some real uh, serious health issues, neurological stuff, and all that. And I, and um, uh, he he died. Just learned that he'd passed away, and I don't know what um, exactly what's going on, but I know he's been living with some health difficulties for a while now. And let me say, um, CloudHub. We were live on CloudHub for a while. I was using it to the best of my ability, but you know just how, you know, there's so many great sites to be on. It was, but I'll tell you one thing: Jeff Brain was a guy that always made time for me. Um, he was an ambas a wonderful ambassador of his brand over there on CloudHub, and 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 a true a true supporter of free speech. Many people out there in the business doing that and trying to trying to trying to make the world a better place, and he was one of them. So I'm very very sad to hear about Jeff Brain, and um, may he rest in peace. So I wanted to put that out there. I know it's not a um, very very uh, happy note to start on, but I didn't want to save it to the end either. I just so say a prayer for his family. Um, on the flip side of things, in New York. They're, uh, I don't know, you know, priorities. 
priorities in the Big Apple. Here's one for you. The Empire State Building's official account just tweeted out that they have lit up the building blue and cyan tonight in partnership with iHeartRadio in honor of a new vaccine. That's right. A new vaccine has been is being released or or a booster. I don't know what it's about, but a new vaccine is coming out. So the Empire State Building lit themselves up blue and cyan. Just you had to know in case you were driving down the West Side Highway tonight and you're wondering, oh, what's the occasion? That's the occasion. New new jab, new injectable. For the, uh, for the addicts out there. And speaking of, speaking of, and not totally unrelated news, we're going to uh, John Fetterman. That's right. Chuck Schumer ditches the Senate's informal dress code. Now, everybody keeps talking about Fetterman as if this was just for him. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer quietly has directed the Senate's Sergeant-at-Arms to no longer enforce the chamber's informal dress code for its members, Axios has learned. The new directive will allow Senator John Fetterman, who tends to favor gym shorts and hoodies over the business attire traditionally required in the chamber, to linger on the Senate floor before and after votes. Senators are able to choose what they wear on the Senate floor. I will continue to wear a suit, says Schumer. Fetterman, who was elected last year, initially followed Senate tradition and wore suits, but since returning to the Senate after being treated for clinical depression earlier this year, he frequently has sported the casual look he was known for as Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor. So if you're depressed, you can just do whatever the hell you want, if you belong to the right club. If this was anybody else, they would call it a disgrace. And it would be. It would be. It's just, we. Uh, there are no standards. No standards. This, this, this hulking mountain of silly putty is going to continue to just embarrass us in whatever public way possible, with whether it, it be his inability to think anymore. And now, I mean, just, just to not even... Basketball shorts and hoodies? Are you... Why? Why? Somebody tell me why. Why, why does dressing like a slob make you feel better when you're clinically depressed? That doesn't even make any sense. I would want to do something bigger and better to try to break out of the funk. Put a damn tie on. I, I just... Whatever. Whatever. So, that's going on. Um, talk, <laughs> talking about class... Lauren Boebert got uh, felt up over the weekend. Did you hear about that? Of course you did. It's all that uh, all that was being talked about on Twitter. On Twatter. Lauren Boebert's lover, Quinn Gallagher, who she fondled in the theater, owns a gay-friendly bar that hosted drag shows. Does this, does this mean she's a Democrat now? You know, we were doing an opposite attracts, uh, attracts show not too long ago. It's about a, I don't know, about a week ago. We didn't get too much response on it. But I thought it would have been an interesting discussion. And I said that, you know, opposites attract probably not a long-term relationship, but for a, uh, you know, an anger bang kind of a situation, a a night out for a recent, uh, I don't know, 
that has to be what's going on here. I don't see how this can this can last unless she's a a plant for the uh, the drag shows out there. Anywho, anywho, she was in this this uh, this theater. She went to go see a I think it was a uh, what the hell was it Beetlejuice in a theater. And man, oh man, they got some night vision surveillance going on there. I think Razor Fist had the uh, the best the best take on it. He said it took about three years to get grainy video of Capitol Police being corrupt, and about 15 minutes to receive high def satellite footage of Lauren Boebert's date getting to second base. Proud to be part of the American experiment. It's really what it comes down to. It's so weird. Um, it's just so weird. And in the response is the weird stuff. I don't even understand the points that people are trying to make. You know, I watched an HD night vision surveillance footage from inside of a darkened theater, and Lauren, Lauren Boebert got her breasts squeezed. So you guys are all hypocrites. You get a lot of that from the uh, the morons. It's like, hypocrites about what? Family values. Oh, yeah, family values. Yeah, a member of Congress from Colorado gets groped in a dark theater and I don't have values? Listen, I don't want to be around around, uh, around amorous couples. I, I really don't. I, I don't care if they're gay or straight or if, how they vote. If I saw that in the theater, I would report it too. I don't want to be around it when people are s- sucking on each other's faces and gray. What? I don't want to be around that. But what does that have to do with the reasons why government needs to be dismantled? What does that have to do with anything? Lauren Boebert got felt up. Clearly, Democrats are the only ones who should be managing your social security because family values is Lauren Boebert's breasts. Social security is definitely a Democrat job. It doesn't make any sense, but they... He's talking about people who are not really even people. They're just programs that are running out, and um, a lot of them are glitching at this point. Very convenient that this all happens a few days after that other one, the uh, Democrat from Virginia had uh, her homemade chatterbait porn business get exposed. But you know what's different about that situation and this situation is that with that situation in Virginia, the Associated Press gave that woman a heads up that her account had been found so that she can go out there and delete as much as possible. So that's, um, that's what we got over here. Ultimately, I don't give a shit. But um, it gave everybody a little something to have fun with. Oh, and then Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard's departure from Operation Underground Railroad followed sexual misconduct investigation. So that's going around now on Vice. And it's on the front page of the Drudge Report and other places because they want, they want they, they, you can't enjoy anything. You can't enjoy the sound of freedom, um, success. They don't want you. You cannot enjoy anything. Everything you think is good is not Everything you, everybody you think you should, you can trust in cannot be trusted. And perhaps in a way that is true, but uh, it's not because they are offering anything else. We know that these people are the most vile on the planet. That's why it's just like, what, what the hell is the family values thing about? What is the hypocrites thing about? It's like, oh, because they put their kinks, they put all of their shit right out in the open. They'll deliver it directly into daycares, directly into school libraries, while you just, you know, you know, you, you try to cop a feel in a darkened theater somewhere. 
and to have a little fun on a Friday night. How dare you? You tried to hide your kink? No. We put ours out there. That's why you should trust us. It's all nuts. It's all nuts. And uh, and we lost the fighter jet, by the way. We lost the fighter jet. The F-35. This is the updated, uh, the most ep- updated article I can get from Zero Hedge right now. How do you lose an F-35? U.S. military cannot find stealth jet after mishap. The F-35 is still missing. However, the flight tracking website, Flight Radar 24, has revealed numerous aircraft have been searching an area north of Charleston. North of North Charleston. Any of our friends in North Carolina catch this thing flying away? You can call in later on, or you can send in a super chat. The U.S. military is searching for a missing F-35B in South Carolina. Oh, in South Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry. South Carolina. My bad. I thought we were talking about North Carolina. I think the North Charleston got me all messed up. I have a friend who lives in Charleston, so I definitely know it's in South Carolina, but not tonight. Uh... Maybe I'll call him up and see, hey, did you see this thing running away? So on Sunday afternoon, Joint Base Charleston, an air uh, air base in North Charleston, was working with Marine Corps Air Station Buford to locate an F-35 that was involved in a mishap. So the pilots ejected safely from F-35 Lightning II, but there were no immediate crash reports. Yeah, you can see it. To be honest, I saw the video getting around. Let's see, where is it? Anywhere around here? No, they didn't. In, they didn't uh, provide it. But I saw the video getting around, and I thought that it was the MIG, the air show uh, ejection that we got from the MIG a couple of weeks ago. I thought that it was that, and just you know, getting it was getting um, uh, retweeted again, just from a different angle. It was coming around, and then all of a sudden, poof, poof, and then out, out go the the pilots and then again it just flies away it levels out flies away over the horizon and goes away now then i realize oh wait that's not the same thing because it's not flying over you know a mountain and all that shit like the other one was and um and then then i realize it's an f-35 it's the most one of the more advanced planes that we have in our military and um and it gets on out there so i'll t- i'll tell you where it is it's probably it's probably self-landed on a Chinese aircraft carrier somewhere in the Bermuda Triangle, and that's it. It was a it was a cute little way to deliver some to deliver some uh, technology that's been bartered in one one deal or another. You watch. How the hell you you don't have a low jack in this? I don't understand how this could ever get away. Did did the pilots put a cloaking device on before they left? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But what does? All right, 712. That's it for right now. When we come back, when we come back, I'd love to see what you guys are. Well, no, no. I have a couple other things to do before Matt Christensen comes on. But in the second half, I'd love to take some of your calls on a number of topics. Some have already been presented to you. If anything you want to say throughout the show, just write down the thought and what triggered it. So you can call in and and that'll be that. In the meantime, you guys take care of yourselves and we'll see you on the other side of the intro. Be well.
you let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody. Oh, you know, I have a couple of things here I want to do. First of all, and oh, maybe I'll, I'll save this for after the intermission, but I do have to give away. It is the Super Chat raffle. I've got about two dozen names in here from the last week. Uh, we got rid of all the duplicates, and we're down to about two dozen names. And I will uh, pull one of those names, and whoever wins... I will be inscribing a little something in this book from the last book club, Devil in the White City, and you get all my notes and all my highlights and shit like that, and I'm going to be uploading Devil in the White City publicly tomorrow now that the uh, the YouTube is back, and you know, one day all of those will be gone anyway, but at least I have them all on, on physical drives, so um, they'll be available, and you, you also have all of the audio versions of the book club serials on the soundcloud so it's all in podcast form as well so we'll do that in the second half i also got a few emails about um i think it was thursday or friday's show no no yeah it was, i think it was thursday's show when we were talking about bipolar yes no it was wednesday it was wednesday night when chrissy mayer was on and we had some calls coming in we were talking about stories about yourself that sound like a lie, but are true. We had a friend of ours call in who uh, was talking about how um, back in the day in, in college, I think I think he said he was bipolar, that especially when he was working on different projects in college, he stayed up for eight days straight. Eight days straight. And then again, in the future, like somewhere down the line, he stayed up for 12 days straight swore he never went to sleep I think he had to have passed out at least once and didn't know it that's happened to me I lost time but I've got I've gotten a couple of people in my inbox since then telling me Frank it is possible to beat up to be up eight hours or more with bipolar that there's just something they didn't have any eight days I mean how does the body continue how do you, how do, you do it I don't know. I just thought that there would be a um, a limit to what flesh and blood can can do. You know, that's just something. But um, apparently, it's possible. We maybe we can take some more calls on that later on. Uh, and that's it. Over here, I want to talk about what's going on in Italy. A story that began that began getting around a little bit more uh, toward the end of last week. 
Italy's great replacement, over 10,000 now. The initial reporting of this, of what was essentially a, a Normandy-style land, we're talking about landing craft that were coming in and landing on the shores of Lampedusa. And over the course of three days, an island that had a native population of 6,000 were swamped by 10,000 military-age African men. There's now 6,000 people who call this island home who are competing along with a, um, I don't know, whatever kind of police force they got. They're competing with the influx of 10,000 Africans that just showed up that are, are demanding to be taken deeper into Europe and given stuff. And it's, it's horrendous. This is from rarefoundation.com. And remember, what is happening in the East is happening in the West. Because it's, about a, it's a global operation. Has been for a while. You want to talk about Kalergi. You want to talk about uh, all the wonderful things that you, we've, been, we've been able to get previews of. For I mean, there's so many people who have just put it out there. And, um, and now just talking about it, you're the idiot. You're the racist. You're the xenophobe. Europe, the cradle of Western civilization, risks becoming obliterated within a single generation. European Union elites are once again utilizing mass migration to replace European populations, resulting in shocking demographic impacts that profoundly affect Europeans' countries' national and cultural identities. Migrants are being used by the left-wing elites and those who are posing as conservatives to dilute host cultures, ensure more votes, and seize power. In this context, the Italian island of Lampedusa, located less than 150 kilometers from the Tunisian coast, has been grappling with a massive invasion of, mi- uh, of migrants since the beginning of the week. According to the Italian Ministry of the Interior, more than 10,000 people from North Africa have landed there. Since Monday, its population has doubled in just a few days, a stark illustration of the challenges uh, this illegal invasion presents. Now, whether or not that population of people is dispersed and they get back to somewhat normal status, uh, it doesn't matter because you know they're not going to send them back because all the shit that's going on in the U.S. is going on there as well where nobody, the only thing that they will not consider is the only thing that would actually remedy the situation. It has to be mass expulsion. It must be mass expulsion. That is it. I mean, it's incredible. Look at this. I'm telling you, they're coming in landing craft. Landing craft. And they kept coming. 10,000 10, in three days. 10,000 in three days. Uh, governments around the world are useless. You say they're useless? No, they're actually doing something. They're doing something. They are uh, They're holding themselves... To all the promises made with these UN migration compacts and everything else that is meant to dilute and destroy and disintegrate countries and cultures forever. That's it. That's it. Under the name of diversity. Here's another one for you. Here's another one. This is from the New York Post. No! Sorry. From the New York Post, NYC is dumping more money into migrant crisis than any other U.S. hotspot. Why? 
That's the real question. The Big Apple took in more migrants than anywhere else in the country last spring, and city, uh, city taxpayers are on course to spend an astronomical $40,000 per migrant, far more than any of the top five cities where asylum seekers land, data analyzed by the Post shows. Between last April and through the end of July 2023, over 125,000 migrants have headed for the five boroughs, according to the data in the zip codes where migrants told U.S. Customs and Borders they plan to settle. So they have, have been able to estimate 125,000 have showed up in New York just based on, uh, I, I don't know, you have to just trust them. You have to trust what all these unvetted people, these ghosts, told uh, Customs and Border Protection as they were being lightly interviewed and passed along. Doesn't, who, who knows what they're carrying, what, they, what, the, what their intent is. Doesn't matter. Nothing has stopped. The stats are tracked by the Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse, a nonprofit at Syracuse University. The number eclipses the 110,000 tally that Mayor Eric Adams announced this week. Oh, he doesn't know shit. He doesn't know his ass from his elbow. So far this fiscal year, there have been an average of 9,091 migrants settling in New York City per month, with the most 15,145 in May. Adams estimates the crisis will cost the city a staggering $5 billion by the end of the fiscal year. He's ordered all agencies to come up with 5% to 15% in cost cuts to deal with it. He's telling city agencies, this is a guy... If you are a mayor of any city, any town, and you are managing a budget to make sure that the city or town runs the way that your citizens, your taxpayers, expect it to be. So that you have certain things that are there, you, you know, whatever the hell you're providing people. Some places you barely even t- pay taxes because you're almost on your own. That's a wonderful thing. But can you imagine having 5 to 15% of the costs... 5 to 15% of the costs cut, not to save people money. They're taking your money still. But they're redirecting it to people who should be immediately expelled from the country. $40,000 per year per illegal immigrant. This is New York City continues. If they continue to receive asylum seekers and refugees at an average rate, taxpayers will shell out just under $40,000 per migrant. Now, I'm going to be very, very, very clear once again with all this because I know that we've had a couple of good chuckles at, uh, at the expense of Martha's Vineyard, how they freaked out with a mere 50 showing up, Eric Adams being, you know, throwing his hands up and saying, please, please, no more. And they're like, yeah, take that, blue states. $40,000, first of all, per illegal alien. I checked today. I said, you know what? What is a bus? What is a bus ticket from New York to Mexico City cost? And you can spend one fortieth or less on each person to fly, bus, or train them to Mexico City. Okay, right now, flights are around $600 one way to go to Mexico City. $40,000 per illegal alien when they can do a $500 to $700 bus ticket, get them on the bus, and have all the buses escorted, escorted, and make sure that from state to state, the state police 
drive alongside the buses and make sure they stay in the bus. Eric Adams and the rest of them are pretending to not like this, folks. Hate to tell. Obviously, you got to be out there. You got to try to. Uh, you got to try to emote with your so-called constituents. You got to talk about a crisis that you're dealing with. You're doing the best you can. We know how this is affecting you. It can't go on this way. I, there. I mean, what are you talking about? There's one thing that can make all of this better, and it costs one fortieth of what they're saying they need to do. That he's cutting five to fifteen percent off of. Off of just things, things that, that, that New Yorkers pay for to have provided for them to make their lives a little bit easier, a little bit more streamlined, one-fortieth the cost, and still they don't do it. They're pretending not to like this, okay? If they're not stopped at the border by New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, and California, they will find you eventually. This will find you eventually, no matter how red your state is. That's what I'm telling you. Everybody's like, no, no, this has to be done, Frank. Yeah, I get it. Point taken. Point taken. 50 migrants, okay, 50 illegal aliens hung out to dry all of the integrity that Martha's Vineyard had. The way that they freaked out and immediately demanded that these people get taken to some kind of an Air Force base nearby. You want to send that kind of a message you want, to sh- you want to throw the mirror up in front of progressives' faces, fine. But it's not going to do much. They're never going to change their mind. They're never going to change their mind. And, 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 if, and if, if your idea is to take people by the hundreds of thousands, bring them in and embed them hundreds, if not thousands of miles into the interior of the country with no way of tracking them, how do you think that that is going to stay controlled? I'm telling you, it's been a real bad, bad operation since the beginning. Bad operation. They're pretending not to like this because they're not going to stay in New York. Eventually, eventually, the gravy train is going to be all out of gravy. And they're going to be going to neighboring states, counties, and it's only going to continue from there. It's only going to continue from there. Trust me. Because it's just logic. Just follow the logic. Anyway, anyway, I want to... uh, I want to bring uh, our buddy on. It's been a while. It's been a very, very long while. Actually, it's been since, uh, I think, um, election night. Matt Christensen joins us. What's going on, Matt? How you been? Thanks for having me back. That's right. It was the simul stream, so it has been uh, a little bit. I am, uh, I'm just disappointed I missed the... The, Lowen, the Lauren Boebert boob grab analysis. Oh, no, 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 no. Talk about oh, no, please. Stuff. By all means. Oh, I, this, ha- this, is, this needs to be delved into. I mean, what, what are we going to do here? So what do you think? Know. I guess I just led myself there. I don't actually want to talk about that. <laughs> I just, you know. well, well, you've you, made all the crucial points. That's all. Tell me about her, her, her choice of date. Everybody said, oh, my, this guy ah. is a Democrat. He owns a, a, like a drag bar or something like that. Is this, uh, is this just one of those, a Yankee and a Red Sox fan, go out one night to have a little bit of a, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a tense evening of whatever? Beetlejuice yeah, is involved. I heard what you were saying about opposites attract, and I, I certainly think there's some truth to that. I think uh, in my own marriage, there's a lot of truth to that. But there's diff- I think there's a difference in personality traits that complement each other versus uh, conflicts of values, you might say. So I don't know. I, I think it is fair to question the degree to which she potentially agrees with this guy, I suppose, since it, she is a politician, after all. And I guess if she's literally getting in bed with this man... Is it strictly uh, for fun, or is there, I don't know, are there some ideological 
things to it. I don't know. That's co- Colorado's got some questions to ask themselves out there. Um, but, you know, it, it is pretty interesting how this there's so many sexual things popping up right now between uh, Russell Brand. I saw him getting accused over the weekend. I think that is uh, that's pretty interesting. You want to talk about a guy who is, you know, you know, the, 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 a clear cut commie, no doubt about it. But this uh, as far as free speech goes and being um, being critical of pharmaceutical companies and military industrial complex influence on the way that the world is going right now i mean it doesn't matter where you lean uh, ideologically once you once you step into those bear traps you're cut off from the herd they got this they got tim ballard i mean it's just like a, a week of of sexual accusation now uh yeah well i suppose maybe that's more common than we realize yeah. if we don't like that guy anymore go get him with the uh the sexual allegation and if you read about the details of those allegations, they a lot of them fall into the usual category of he sexually assaulted me or he raped me. Uh, I continued to see him for months afterward until I found him with another woman. And that was the final straw. It wasn't the sexual assault that was the final straw. It was that he was sexually assaulting someone else. Yeah. Uh, it's But I, I thought the reporting in that Sunday Times story was interesting. First of all, they acknowledged that these women were only interested in speaking after the reporters had coaxed it out of them so that was admitted in the story and and the reporting also said that um these women thought it was appropriate to speak now because of russell brand's newfound prominence and i'm thinking newfound like (laughs) this guy has been he was a movie star 10 years ago when this supposedly happened that's why you wanted to go to his house or his apartment in the first place it's not the prominence that has changed it's maybe the nature of the prominence but what is it that's different about the prominence now that made this the appropriate time? I'd like a little more elaboration on that. Yeah. I, have you been able to, I mean, you do the Sunday night stream. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you and Blonde been able to uh, talk about this? What has she been saying? Yeah, we went through it in pretty good detail last night, and we went through the allegations uh, in full. And and so uh, there, there are four of them mostly. Uh, there are kind of some sub-accusations in there. <laughs> One of the ones they just go through quickly was, hey, I went. In, I, I worked with Russell Brand. I went into his office or his dressing room or whatever it was, and he flashed me and made a joke that I should provide certain services to him, and I thought it was offensive and so awful, so I stormed away. Later, I had a consensual relationship with him. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of, I, ha- I so, hated it. I hated it, but it planted a seed and damn him for doing so. I, cu- I couldn't stop thinking about it, so I figured maybe he was onto something. No, I mean, we just went through them in detail and... and um, and I don't, I don't think I have to be overly critical. I just have to read the Sunday Times reporting themselves. They they are t- they're telling us these women were the ones who wrangled them up, were the ones who told them what we would like them to say or what we hope they come forward and say. And um, one thing I was not aware of uh, last night when we did the stream that I heard today, there are video clips around of other women who say, "Yeah, uh, Sunday Times came to me because I had." been public about a relationship with russell brand before and they said didn't he do all kinds of bad stuff to you and i said "Mm, no not really we don't talk much anymore but he was uh he was mostly nice to me not interested in that story Mm -hmm. that lady don't care uh only want the ones that we can make something salacious out of i saw that uh i saw that this morning it was one i i don't know who it was but it's just um it's just the nature of the beast right now there's really i don't know i 
I, I don't know where to go with it all anymore, uh, Matt. That's why I talk to a lot of um, I talk to a lot of uh, clairvoyants, and I want to jump into the world of the the unseen and and uh, shadow people and whatever the hell else because this is getting nuts. There, there, there's not even you know we used to say that there's a, the trapping of decorum, the trappings of decorum, uh, you know, putting lipstick on a pig. Now they are literally getting rid of the dress code in the Senate so that you can show up in your plaid pajamas if you wanted to it's just there's nothing so even the illusion of of class is gone now maybe we can see some kind of bobert fetterman crossover like she could wear her night out gown she should show up in a, i would love Fetter. to see her show up in a red teddy and 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 uh and fetterman shows up in his basketball yeah. shorts yeah <laughs> uh you know there. The thing about Fetterman, I had this when we were streaming last night. I had this weird moment because we were going through some of the reactions to the impeachment stuff. You got Schumer and Pelosi. They, they can't believe that the integrity of the institution has been violated by this impeachment inquiry into Biden. And it's like, okay, nobody believes you. But then you got Fetterman just going, oh, oh no, not that, please no. And someone asked him about the impeachment, and I thought, you know. That that guy may be mentally handicapped, but that is an authentic piece of mockery, and I respect that. Yeah. I thought Fetterman actually uh, was comparatively good in that particular scene. Yeah. So maybe he's onto something too. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, the the, the thing is with that response, and I saw that too. I and I actually replayed that one, Matt. I replayed that one a couple of times because you know, when when it comes down to people like John Fetterman. And I never, and I always say I never really knew anything about him prior to him getting injured, and then and then that that farce of a campaign uh, a year or so ago, and I'm looking at it and I'm just like it's almost like morbid fascination. I'm just, I want to just watch his his mannerisms again, and because he's been reduced to such a childlike state almost, and what came out of him was just so. It was like a child who has has really not developed his social timing just yet, you know. <laughs> and that's why it was such a fascinating scene. Exactly, like, is he funny or is this uh, mental limitations at play? You can't. It's really hard to decipher. Yeah, that was the entertainment factor. I know. You know, uh, but, but, but have you? Sorry to interrupt. Have you followed the controversy about his the change of his facial hair? The facial hair. I saw. We, we went from the little chin cap. We had the goatee at one point. Then there was just like the the mustache. Almost, all, it almost seemed like he was going for a Fu Man shoe. I actually thought that he looked most presentable with the mustache, to be honest. Um, Supposedly, because he he just went to the uh, picket line with the UAW in in Michigan, and people. What happened was he showed up in Michigan, and there's a photo. Supposedly, he showed up with just the goatee again, like this morning or over the weekend. Hmm when he had the mustache like late last week although i'm told that the photo that they used to show him at the uaw place was actually an old photo from like 2022 but then there's the question of if fetterman showed up for the UAW, uaw picket line why would you use an old photo of him from 2022 i know so there are all kinds of weird things going on with that facial hair he went from either he went from mustache to goatee on like i don't know three days uh, growth somehow or um, or uh, they're using old photos of him for reasons unexplained, you know? You know, the only thing that has ma remained the same is the, uh, the, the, there's like a little bit of a twist in his nose. Other than that, we have gotten, we have gotten distorted faces, whether the length or the width. 
Um, obviously, the hair keeps changing. It's just it's a very very weird thing. And obviously, he's been you know there was a stretch of time where he was just straight up ducking everybody because he was in a, a mental institution. So yeah. I, um, I I just really don't know. And I think that whatever the hell they're doing to manage his public persona is really the, the least of what they have done over the years with many other people, whether it be clones, doubles, or I mean, do you remember some of the tracking of the anomalies with with Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Uh, I, I don't know that I followed that. I guess I assume there were theories that she had a body double that that would be the case or what what were the theories or what was the evidence oh there was just there was so much i, I i'm trying to th- now i'm trying to think of what the biggest ones were um definitely doubles i think it might have been height it might have been posture um there was other things man I, i'm gonna look into this i'm gonna get it a, i have i know i have some old archive stuff but that was a huge 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 thing for us i mean everybody looks like ruth bader ginsburg when you get old enough I mean, she larry king could uh, you put a if you put a uh, a wig on Larry King he could have been Ruth Bader Ginsburg everybody Don't could have been forget the neck thing what is the name of the thing on the top of the robes I always forget that you know that ornate thing uh, that little fancy yeah it's what whatever it's called it's the netting or webbing or <laughs> little white doily a thing. collar you have it I don't know yeah you're like yeah, it's like co- like a collar doily yes. I don't yeah, know. Put that on Larry King, and it, it probably would look pretty close. I think you're right. You know, that's another thing. Have you ever contemplated, speaking of Larry King, you ever think about all the people, all the people who would have gotten their own moments of silence, their own weeks of remem- remembrances on television, all the celebrities, sports heroes, people that have just died over the last three years that um, that amounted to nothing but a couple of passing headlines. Larry King's one of them. You you would think that that would be a, a pretty big day in in uh, in t- in television morning and all that stuff, but uh, we just didn't have time for anything that we used to do to honor the lost. Nobody gave a damn when Bob Barker died. No, just uh, just recently. And as someone who saw The Price Is Right regularly when I was a young man, you know, at home during the during the summer, not in school, whatever. Uh, yeah, Bob Barker deserved better. Made it to ninety nine, you know. Uh, let so me. What, what did someone say? Like he went as close to a dollar as he could without going over. <laughs> that was Bob Barker. Oh, that was a good Spirit spin. That man, a good yeah. spin of the wheel there. Uh, do yeah. you did, did you see when he died though? Um, it, it triggered a big, big wave of Mandela effect, and hmm. there were people who swore that they had they 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 remember him dying at least one time before. Um, there are some ah. people out there making making. Uh, I forgot what the proof was. Some people had some with his physical proof, like a relic of a different timeline that stayed behind, that he had died at least once in the last 10 years. And, you know, I don't, I don't think I ever remember him dying. I just remember him getting very old and going away. Um, I, don't, I don't know. But uh, you, you don't have any false memories of anybody dying, do you? I don't know. I suppose not. I mean, he was, to your point, he was a very old man who kind of faded away. So when someone fades from public prominence in that way, you may just be under the false impression that he's dead by virtue of his absence, I suppose. But I guess I haven't thought about that. I, and I I hadn't thought about the deaths of prominent people that aren't getting a lot of attention. Of course, we have all like, in a way, there's a lot of the, the there's kind of the opposite too that there's a lot of scrutiny on deaths of not necessarily celebrities or high profile people but because there's so much scrutiny on dying suddenly 
you'll see all kinds of reports of that. Like, you know, this guy was 35 and an athlete and he's gone. This guy was 40 and in otherwise good health and he's gone. Um, so I, like, are there just a lot of deaths to report on? Uh, the, are people uh, getting buried in the death news? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, even, even, uh, you know, uh, Titans, cultural sports Titans, like Hank, Hank Aaron gone, you know, things like that. When did he, to your point, when did he die? I wasn't, I didn't even, I don't know. I believe that was 2021. I think that was 2021. Hank Aaron, yeah, Hank Aaron was 2021. Of course, they all had a lot of different rumors attached to it. Uh, Ed, well, Ed Asner was 91 years old and then uh, Peter Aykroyd. Uh, Ned Beatty. Uh, let's see here. I don't know him. Kevin, who's Kevin Clark? I don't know. There's a lot. That, well, obviously, there's a lot. Oh, I forgot. Dustin Diamond died in 2020. Oh, yeah. Dude. Screech. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But there wasn't. Was that drugs? I, yeah. I think he might have had some kind of illness. That yeah. was within the last couple of years. I remember that. A lot he of was issues. Not, uh, he was not old at all, obviously. DMX died in 2021. Um, uh, who was the other? Yeah, I guess that is. For some reason, I was thinking there was another prominent rapper, but no, that must have been him. Or wasn't he the guy who forecasted his own death when he said, like, I? He said something to the effect of, like, I know stuff and they're going to get me, and then he died. Or was that somebody else? I don't know. I don't know. Now, now you got me curious about that. Uh, am I confusing him with someone else? I don't know. Or was it Coolio? Am I thinking Coolio? Coolio. That he was twenty twenty two. Okay. And and that was something else there too. That's what you're talking about. That is a um, that's a big one. He was found in a uh, a friend's bathroom or something like that. But it was around the time that he was coming out and talking uh, big things about uh, child welfare, if you know what I mean, and things like that. So um, that, I, I always thought that that was a lot more that was interesting to look into. I mean, but uh, yeah, 2021, a lot of people, a lot of people went, and then 22, even more. And uh, but you know, anyway. I'll uh, we can, we can dig into that some other time. Let me ask you about this uh, this this plane. Uh, have any fun? Did you have any? We had a a Chinese balloon pass over you earlier on That's in true. the year. Yeah. Um. Any rogue planes or anything like that uh, in the meantime? I, I no, I have not seen any unidentified aircraft uh, or any downed aircraft, and I don't really know much about the story other than it's it's just what the military is saying. A guy ejected and the plane is missing. Is that? Is there more to it? Yeah, well, they couldn't find it. Apparently, debris has been recovered in a field two hours north of Charleston after this this pilot ejected on Sunday. So it Mm -hmm. took about a a day for them to find it all, which is the crazy thing about it because it's like, you know, the most technological, at least publicly known aircraft that we have in our uh, military. And it just took so long. Everybody's like, do you know anybody? Have you seen it? Like it was a dog or something like that. Like it's a Shih Tzu that had run away in the mall. It's just, (laughs) you're wondering what the hell's happening there. But uh, they seem to have been recovering some debris now. So it it might, the search might be over soon. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess that was... They found they recovered that quicker than the balloon, I guess. So that's good news. Yeah, I got a lot of emails at the time. People actually asking me if I had seen the balloon because you're right, it crossed over Montana, and we have fairly clear skies around here. But it was too far east of me. It was not like directly under the balloon's path. Oh, so you didn't? You didn't? No, I didn't. Um, the guy who saw it, though, the guy who first spotted it, is like two hours east of me, straight down I-90. So, in theory, uh, it it would have been spottable if I was a little bit eastward. Yeah. That was naked eye. 
That was naked eye yeah. stuff right there. Oh man, was that this February? Uh, it was around that. It was earlier this year. Yeah, it must okay. have been around that. It wasn't last year. It, it's just crazy. You want to talk about time. You want to talk about Mandela effect and whether or not what we're living through is really actually happening. I, I feel like every year, for as quick as it goes by, the fact that we are a stone's throw away from the holidays right now, again, the fact that we're that close to that, it still feels like this year has been three years into one. Last year was three years in one. But it still goes by fast. There is a a hurry up and wait mentality, you know, feeling aura to everything right now. I I uh, I'm enjoying it to be honest, but it is also a little a little uh, a little confusing. Mm. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like, are, yeah, are you saying things are? Well, I guess. Do I interpret that to mean that things are developing more slowly or more quickly? How do you mean that? At the same, that's the thing. It's the same. It's at the same time. I mean, we're 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 thumbing our way through the pages of the of every calendar year, but there is such a, a saturation. I would say such a, an oversaturation of every day, every passing moment. There is just something going on. I mean, like we said, how we opened up over here, the frivolous headlines of the last couple of days of this one in a dark theater, this one with a chatterbait account, uh, this one with all the girlfriends who, who may or may not have wanted to be touched at first but did so later. I mean, it's just, it, it, we, this is just a month's worth of nonsense into a couple of days. And then we get another couple of days where you get another month's worth of nonsense. So days are going by, but we're dealing with months worth of information. Most most of it is is dizzying and ridiculous. So it creates almost like a of like a cyclone effect where you you could get pummeled into into the shore like you're 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 messing around on the on the in a beach or something and a wave just takes you and just you don't know which way is up. You yeah. got to have some grounding. You must have a lot of easy ways to ground yourself up there. Obviously, you've got the baby, and you've got your number wife. Number two's on the way number, too. Number December. two's on the I'm second boy is coming. Yeah, so happy for you, man. So you're gonna have Thanks, two brothers running around soon. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, yeah, we're we're very excited. And uh, young Calvin, our first boy, um, he just turned two. And 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 the words are kind of coming out now. I'm very proud father because basically the only word in his vocabulary is no. And that is a great word to have, Uh, even when he applies it to mom and dad. I'm not a huge fan of that, obviously, but I like the word. We don't use the word no enough. And so for him to have a confident use of that word, I think is a good is a good thing. But, yeah, he um, he will have uh, a younger brother to beat up on very soon, and that's good because he's at that stage where he's kind of beating up, beating up on mom right now, trying to body slam that pregnant belly and stuff. Yeah, he's you know, trying to get ahead of it. I know. I, I love. Yeah. <laughs> so, so aside from being relatively removed from all the nonsense, has this? How has this enriched your life as far as being given you a, a an exit from? from everything because i'll tell you it's been therapeutic for me it's kept me afloat uh aurora and family life at home and and just you know immersing in that and we're a lot closer to uh several ground zeros so uh it must be really really like a staycation for you a lot of times uh yeah this topic comes up on our stream a lot because of course there's a lot of disaffected young men and i understand why you know it wasn't long ago when i was in the dating market like five years ago and it was a completely depressing and seemingly futile effort where it's just like 
uh, the endless sea of women who demand everything and deliver nothing. And, and it's very frustrating, not to mention they have a, a, a whole host of backward values that you're not confident you could build a family with in the first place. But so this that that's the reason that it comes up a lot for us. I think there's a lot of uh, men who are discouraged by the state of trying to find a woman to build a family with right now. But every time it comes up, I mean, uh, I try to I try to convince people who are down on their luck or feeling discouraged. All it takes is one. You just got to find the one. And, and I promise it's worth it, as I'm sure you have uh, learned yourself, too. It's like um, if you're feeling blackpilled, you're feeling like the state of the world is just uh, pointless. You have no purpose in your life. I promise you a wife and kid is going to give you the purpose that you seek. And if you don't have faith in the future today, your children are going to force that upon you. And it's a very good thing. You know, I think people shy away from family or, or children for fear of the responsibility. But I will tell you, um, I've never been a better man and accomplished more things for my family than I have in the last two years. And that's because of our son and our next son and hopefully more after that. So, yeah, you're exactly right. Like you, you, you can't be completely depressed when you have a family that depends on you. Yeah. They, they're going to demand your best every day. And that's good for you too. Absolutely. And I think you said, you put that really, really well. I know that there's been a, I saw a lot of, a lot of videos popping up of, of uh, certain types of salty women who are commenting on this trend of men going outside of the United States to find a wife. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's happening a lot more. They'll just, they'll leave the country to go to just immerse themselves in a uh, another culture that is uh, th that still has their head screwed on right, and uh, you know you say, oh well, well, is this one of those Russian bride things? Are you just dipping into Thailand to uh, pick up a woman, or or are you really going? How do you how do you form a bond? So a lot of people are just leaving the country and spending time in another country to um, to to pick up to pick up and find a, a, a wife material a real real relationship and uh, it, it's working out if you, if you have the ability to go and and travel um i i know that some people have done that because it's a it's a trend that is at least strong enough that's being reported on more and more yeah i i can't blame guys who decide that is the path that they want to take and honestly i think for any guy i would say that that is a more advisable path than giving up entirely and sort of resigning to being a a single man without a family for the rest of your life of course I'm not thrilled about the prospect that brings for our country, that when when we have men who are actually interested in building traditional families and becoming producers for society in that way, and and they can't find that, that production here, or they can't find that lifestyle here, they have to go elsewhere. Eventually, uh, we're gonna run out of quality people and quality families in our country. I know we got a lot of people to work with right now, but you don't build a, a great society and a great country by exporting that sort of thing. I don't say that with blame for the guys who are doing that. I fully understand why they would, um, but it does make me a little bit concerned for where we're heading as a country, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so when is uh, when is uh, boy number two due? Uh, December eighteenth. Oh, he, just like his brother is is measuring very large. So I uh, our first boy was three weeks early because I think he just ran out of room, and. Uh, <laughs> I think this boy's going to run out of room too. So it's probably more like uh, Thanksgiving than Christmas. I bet. Oh, Lil, I'm I'm yeah, so happy. She, she's she's putting the work in over here. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, how's she so. loving? How's she loving motherhood? Oh, you can you can just see it's 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 one of the greatest things about 
it's one of the greatest pieces of manhood is watching the interaction between your children and their mother. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you can see in our son, I'm sure you see it in your daughter, uh, the interaction between child and father and child and mother is so drastically different, you know? I mean, he, he trips and falls and he gets hurt. He looks at me, he's going to get like a laugh and like, mm-hmm. I'm not helping you, dude. You got to learn the hard way. And he runs over to mom and, and you know, mom's going to kiss where it hurts and all that. So, um, but, but he also, know, you know, it's like anytime there's something serious, like a disciplinary matter, uh, a matter or like a uh, danger that he needs to pay attention to, as soon as I get firm with him, he knows and he'll listen. Mom tries to get firm with him. It's a joke. He laughs in her face. Yeah. You know, and these are not these are not things that we conditioned into him. Obviously, we would, I'd like him to obey his mom just as well as he obeys me. But at his young age, he doesn't necessarily. There's just something inherent about the way the child interacts with mother and father that are different and complementary. In the same way, I can't nurture him like his mom can. I can't comfort him in the same way. I can provide for him. I can teach him the rules of the road to make sure that he doesn't get his ass kicked when he walks out in the street. Um, but those roles are, are are different things. I can't do what his mom does. She can't do what I can. And, and both of those pieces are necessary. It's so it's so cool to watch to to just see to 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 see those two interacting and know it's I, it, to, to to see the fulfillment in my wife, obviously, but to see that interaction between them that is so different than my own interaction with my own son. It's true. It's 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 uh, it's great. You know the other thing you can observe a lot by watching like National Geographic now to watch how uh, f- families of animals, even just like pride of lions or anything like that, you could see uh, these amazing parallels between human family um, family units and and, uh, and and just wild animals out there testing the limits who's uh you know who is the, the the provider who is the 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 one that is going to have their authority challenged one day the young lions becoming the old lions it's, it's just uh it's really a, a, an incredible thing and again reminders that we're not separate from it all we're we're really really deeply connected to it um you know what i want to do right now i'm going to uh i'm going to bounce off of youtube and I'm going to uh, mute you just for a second. We'll be back in about 20 seconds. I want to do one thing with you here, uh, Matt, and that is a article, an article that I have found uh, from WorldNet Daily. I did a little bit on this this morning. Did you hear about these fifth graders that have been uh, they, they've been uh, made to do this to do this exercise in class to pick who to save? from a nuclear holocaust. Have you heard about this? <laughs> no, that's news to me. Good. I'm going right. to read it with you and we're going to okay. figure out who we're saving and who we're leaving behind. Sure. And uh, and that'll be uh, that'll all be all she wrote for tonight. I can't And Matt, you'll remember everybody, Matt Christensen's website. Uh Matt, you have mattchristensen.com. What do you have? Uh yes. Oh, actually I don't have mattchristensen.com cuz some other Matt Christensen out there stole it. That so, bastard. Quick aside, I promise the story is worth it. MattChristensenMedia.com is where you find all my stuff, and my name is long. It's Christian like the religion, S-E-N, all right? A few weeks ago on the stream, I noted uh, the comedy that is, uh, was it GoDaddy? I think it was GoDaddy. They were offering .gay subdomains. It was Pride Month, I think. .gay? So you could, you could have .gay. <laughs> so we were all joking about what the best .gay websites would be. Because this is a Pride Month exercise. I wasn't mocking. I was just, uh, you know, honoring the month. And so someone in the audience actually obtained Matt is dot gay 
and it it just goes straight to my website. So there's comedy there, but there's also utility because my URL is long and my name is hard to spell. I've just embraced it. If you want to find my stuff, mattis.gay. Oh my god. Hold on. I'm going to I'm going to test it right now. Uh, yeah, it's it's 100% true. This is mattis.gay. It'll go straight to it. Good god. It is <laughs> it, it is it is real. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, Matt is dot gay or mattchristensenmedia.com. Uh, most of you watch him on uh, on YouTube, and you are also on Rumble as well, right? We are, yeah. My channel is on Rumble. We do our stream on Rumble. So, uh, And Rumble has been great. Uh, in fact, I think it's about half our audience is watching over on Rumble now. So that has been slowly transitioning over time, and that's great to see. See, that's what we're trying to do right now because I'm getting, I'm getting uh, community strikes for PG-rated um, conversations I'm having with uh, – with with uh, who I thought would be completely uncontroversial guests like George Norrie. So I this is my first night back from a week suspension last week, yeah. and we just want to make sure everybody knows, quite frankly, TV or Rumble or any of the others. We'll be right back with Matt Christensen to wrap this one up. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't worry, Franklies. That's not the end of the show. You can watch the rest of it now. Switch over to quitefrankly.tv, Rumble, Theta, Rockfin, and more. Switch over now, and we'll see you there. All right, and how simple was that? How simple was that? We're back, but just not on YouTube. And something's got to give, and this is what's given. All right. Um, so Matt, listen to this. Let's just jump right in. Uh, can, I find, can I find the story? I want to read along. Yes, yes. Where do I find it? Here, hold on. Let me get this over to you on on the chat over here. Where's the chat? Oh yeah, we could do it that way. Hold on. There you go. You get that? Uh, yep. I okay. Great. Let's do this together. Here's the headline. Hold on, put you up on screen with me. Okay. Fifth grader is made to pick who to save, homosexual architect or retired prostitute. The, 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 the character descriptors are the greatest things here about this. But listen, a teacher at Howard B. Matlin Middle School in New York was temporarily removed from her position on Tuesday after giving fifth grade students, remember these are 10-year-olds, a controversial homework assignment that asked them to choose who to save in a disaster. ABC 7 New York reported, Mandy Beater, who is a track coach and teacher at Long Island School, gave students a list of 10 individuals to choose from, uh, choose from on Monday and asked them to pick six people who they would let into a fallout shelter in the event of a nuclear attack. According to ABC7, options included a police officer with a gun who has, quote, multiple charges of brutality pending against him, end quote. A retired prostitute, a musician who was, quote, previously addicted to cocaine, a homosexual architect, a pregnant 16-year-old. Now, we're going to get into the, the full list over here. I think it's inappropriate, Mike Salmon, a resident of the area, told News 12 Long Island. There's no need to ask children who they let die in a situation and also put in their sexual preference, their charges against them. They're, uh, they're talking about weapons. They're talking about all these different types of things that shouldn't be brought into this classroom. Matt, what is your first impressions on this before we get into the details? Well, I, 
at uh, on a service level, I feel like I get what they're getting at, which is we're trying to give these kids people who have theoretical positives and negatives, and we're going to see how they evaluate. Like, a police officer is probably good at stopping threats, but this guy also is violent, apparently, so there's risk in how he might behave. What's interesting about the homosexual architect is if I'm following that reasoning, that would imply that homosexuality is his fault or his danger, I suppose, which I don't think is the intended message of the school, but that's how that reads, at least to me. Um, and then there's the pregnant 16-year-old where I guess her strength is youth? I, I mean... I don't know. In a survival situation, that strikes me as a lot of liability. But yeah, uh, here's the here's the thing. Now, I, I needed more information on this. For some reason, this um, the, what I was looking at over here from WorldNet Daily didn't give us the full the full scenario. There's ten people, and I wanted to get uh, and I don't know why the hell it's not in here. So um, let me see if there's uh, if there's another place I can click through to so you can get wait. Fifth grade, deeply appropriate. Okay, so here, okay, here are the choices. I finally found them. Great. A 16-year-old pregnant girl. A police officer with multiple charges of brutality pending against him. Pending against him, and he has a gun. Matt, that's very, very bad. Number three, a 38-year-old retired prostitute. She's 38. Um, 75-year-old priest. A 35-year-old sterile female doctor. And uh, six and seven, a husband and a wife. They refuse to be separated. He is a lawyer. She is an alcoholic. Okay. A 31-year-old homosexual architect. A 50-year-old musician previously addicted to cocaine. They don't say whether or not that musician is male or female. That would be... uh, Then again, they're not... They're beyond... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. And a 28-year-old drifter with no apparent skills. I don't know if that's a male or female either. You can only let six people in the nuclear fallout shelter, Matt. What is your reasoning? Here, you know what? Let me give you this... You're challenge me to make my picks? Oh, yeah. No, and, and I guess this is, the, this is the reason why it was so upsetting to people is because it's essentially... Yeah. You, the whole basis of this is a death panel. And you have to set ah. up a death panel for the reasons of... I mean, you only have so much food in this nuclear fallout shelter, and when you come out, you're probably going to be part of a very select group of people in a couple of months that need to maybe repopulate the earth or start building back up from what you had just to reconstitute something that that resembles a civilization. So... Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about that premise. You're right. I hadn't thought of it in the, in the with the idea that the people I don't select are all but sentenced to die because of the this, this situation. So that makes it maybe a little tougher. Um, but I have to pick six, you're saying? You have to pick six. And then okay. I, and I want to see what the, the audience comes up with in the second half after we uh, after we sign off and I go to intermission. I'll, I'll have the audience call in with their picks, too. Well, I'm going to make my evaluations probably based on skill i think you could there's a couple pieces to evaluate here there's the skills that are presented of course there are there there are the possible liabilities too but there's also the ages some people maybe want to be more charitable in how they make their selections and say well maybe it's more important that i help somebody younger to survive than somebody who's older and has lived a good life up to this point Mm -hmm. i i am more interested in people with skills that can help us survive in the post bomb world or whatever's going on here so my picks, I'm definitely taking the cop. I understand that he has uh, potentially a brutality problem, but we're going to need a gun. We're going to need a gun. So. We're going to need a gun. He's pick number one. 
Uh, I'm definitely going to take the doctor, even though she, she's a she's a 35 year old sterile female doctor. All right, I'm taking the doctor because I'm gonna need some sort of medical skill in this scenario. Yep. Uh, let's see. <laughs> the homosexual architect. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna need architectural design. Yeah, that's the whole uh, thing. It, it, does the arch is the architect is not usually the builder. You know, yeah. um, I, I mean, I'm sure that they they understand how the sausage is made. Uh, no, uh, no pun intended. But yeah. um, but I I don't I, I don't know. Now, if you can get the 31 homosexual architect to forget, okay, forget about all the architect stuff, sir. Yeah. Uh, we we you still have viable sperm. You need to copulate with one of these women. Then you also have uh, to have all the women be be willing to. To you know, bring forth a new. I <laughs> do take the sterile doctor though, so I'm out on that. like the, the yeah, homosexual architect is out. You need like, a gun, and you need somebody who understands how to how to how to you know set up triage. So I to your point that presumably we need a future here. Um, I'm gonna pick the husband and wife, so that's actually two picks according to this because they're six and seven. I understand she's an alcoholic, but I'm gonna guess that we're gonna be pretty short on booze for a while. So clean it up, lady. You have no choice, and I'm gonna make that pick because of their potential for uh, reproduction and the preservation of that family. But I also think that just because they're an intact family with, a, I think they're less likely to operate as sort of a lone wolf or like betray the group or all. I, I just think that intact family might have some cohesion advantage. So, so they'll be my third and fourth. That leaves me two. Um, who else has practical skills here? The musician, like, I don't know if I need Entertainment. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm taking the wild card. Twenty eight year old. Is he a guy? Is he a man? Twenty eight year old drifter with no apparent skills. If he's drifting, he has some skills. So I'm, <laughs> but he's also sketchy and maybe not trustworthy. I'm taking him, and then I'm also taking the priest to tell me how I made all the wrong selections and I'm a bad guy because I'm clearly gonna need some moral guidance and some uh, some lectures in faith. So those are my six. Okay. That's that's pretty good reasoning. Uh, you know, the more we, uh, the more I look at the police officer, the more I'm asking myself, how can we just take the gun? Hmm. How can we take the gun and leave him outside? Uh, I don't you can uh, give him conditions. You're only a part of the group if we get the gun. Well, I I don't. It's like I don't want the police officer because in that kind of a scenario, who the hell? There is no law. I just need his gun. I I, I don't. And if he is this brutal person. Um, if he's got uh, anger issues, uh, there's a lot of issues there uh, statistically. And if that actually true, uh, uh, you know, uh, proves to be true that this guy is a, a walking brute squad and he's got a bad temper, I don't want to be in a tight scenario with him in a bomb shelter for three months. Um, I just want his gun. What if it's Derek Chauvin? <laughs> Would you take Derek Chauvin? Oh, oh man, jeez, <laughs> I need his strong knees. I know. Lots of, so, yeah. lots of work to do. Yeah, I, I think I might be... That's my that's my biggest question right now, is what to do with the police officer. All right. Because there is no law at that point, but he's got a tool that we need uh, just for when the door finally opens and we got to go out there. It, I mean, we'll, we'll have limited ammunition. We'll probably only have a couple of magazines. That's true. It doesn't even say anything about ammo. Right. So I guess I sort of assumed that. Like, he has a gun. Does he have bullets? Yeah, yeah. Because this is just totally pointless. All right. Well, at least you let the priest leave, uh, 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 stay in. I I don't know. That's a that's a good one right there. So, what do you think overall? 
you and I, I just had some fun doing this exercise with you. It's almost like a, a little bit more in-depth FMK kind of a um, kind of a, a game, only with ten people instead of three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that. It it caused it's some good conversation. But do you think that this is too inappropriate for fifth graders? Remember, that's ten years old. Yeah, if this was. Uh if I found out this was in my son's lesson plan, I mean, my biggest objection would be the evaluation of sexual identities as good or bad as part of the lesson plan. Um, Those are conversations for my son and my wife and and me to have. So I I certainly would have some concerns about that. Yeah. Um, That said, though, is this uh, of all the many things going on in school these days with indoctrinating kids into certain beliefs about sexual identities and gender and all that, I, I probably would not rank this as highly as some of the other things. Like we just had the, the California attorney general came out the other week and and is now going after a school district in Southern California that has a policy that says, hey, if the kid's doing transgender stuff at school, uh, the parent has a right to know about that. Mm. The attorney general is saying that's unconstitutional. I know. The California constitution citing a right to privacy now your kids when they go to school they have a right to privacy against you the parent so when i think of like the the truly major threats to the the parent-child relationship that exists in the school i would rank this very low but if i found out this was in my son's lesson plan i would uh, i would have some questions about it yeah Oh, I mean, you know, they, they are very averse to the um, to the word groomer because apparently they, they don't like how well uh, it diagnoses what they are um, and what they do. This is exactly what, you, what you're describing right there is grooming. I mean, this is I, I've talked about it before. I worked in gyms, YMCA's personal training all in, in a number of different settings. And every place these days has sexual uh, harassment videos you have to watch every year it's the same video every year um in place in a place like the ymca where there's a lot of youth programs they talk about how to spot predators and child predation all of that and that is one of the key things that they always talk about is creating this sort of a an environment that 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 attaches the child that attaches the target the victim uh, to the abuser in a way where they, they feel like they've been given some sort of an exclusive and uh, and really special relationship where, you know, they're, they're able to use certain language around them or they've got a secret that and, and this is a safe place away from the parents. And that's exactly what they have set up wherever they have control of schools, which is in most of the country, especially in in, you know, cities larger than a village they um they have a situation set up where this stuff is constantly when you talk about identity it is constantly being delivered to children and it it just mixes many of their brains a lot of them are resilient to it they have a very stable home life they're able to 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 let it roll off their backs but other people who you know the, the children can be disaffected in so many different ways they you know insecurities that they don't even know that they have adults don't even know how to articulate what they're insecure about after a while but if you feel insecure if you're vulnerable about something you're in a much more suggestible state and and, and, and when schools are so hyper fixated on this identity stuff, they're creating a place where these confusing 
concepts that are just swirling around and kind of feeding on each other and whatever. They, children are being encouraged that this is a safe place to talk about it. You don't, your parents won't understand. This is where you want to have those, those conversations. And if you want to yeah. pursue something in your life, like, I don't know, changing your identity, then uh, you have the right to do that here and we will protect your privacy. It's, it's such a manipulation and it is so, I mean, it's just so vicious. But they well, do that, it. Yeah, that is the language that the AG used at his press conference, too. It was, to California's LGBTQ youth, understand, I will protect you. Mm. I will defend you. And it's like, yeah, from whom, though? From the kid's dad, you weirdo. It's like, if if some if some stranger at the park walked up to your kid and started, maybe a poor choice of words, inserting himself between you and your child and coaching your kid like your dad thinks this and that but i know that this is really the way things are and you should believe me and trust me if someone did that and sort of usurped your role with your child in that way that in any other context we'd call that person a predator a creeper just a weirdo that should be avoided for some reason the california ag puts on a suit and a california lapel pin and stands at the podium and we're supposed to think like oh yeah what a what a hero of uh, of the state of California, really looking out for the little guy or something like that, um, and you, you start messing with that family relationship, you start severing parent and child, you will destroy society. Uh, there is, and I, I I think a lot of that is intentional. You know, it's like you start messing with father child and mother child, and all of a sudden you create what a whole bunch of confused dependence on the state, a whole bunch of minions you can have dominion over, and. Uh, I it, I always try to I always try to be good faith in my interpretation and understanding of people and try not to assign malice and evil and all of that but these people who are going after kids I don't know what word otherwise to use that that that, that speech that that guy gave at that podium was pure evil I don't think he was just mistaken yeah he has good intentions he's just uh, not really clear on how to implement them he he's saying I'm I'm trying to take your kids away from you effectively. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's been a long, long time of that language being used. I remember maybe seven, eight, nine years ago, there was a couple of times that uh, some one government official or another used the term co-parenting. And we started hearing that co-parenting popping up a lot more. We know that CPS has been a, a really destructive uh uh, appendage of the state for a long time. They don't actually care about children. Um, and, and of course, inside of every agency, you're going to have people who see the, um, the, the, the very public mission statement of wherever the hell they're working. And they, they, they maybe, they maybe they feel that way, you know, for, uh, forever. How many lawyers are out there that are, are carrying water for this, uh, this this terrible um, this terrible reset that everybody's trying to get underway all over the place. There's probably some who really want to do some good work. Same thing that goes with doctors. We saw how doctors were ostracized in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, trying to set themselves apart from what is uh, what has obviously got its uh, its talons into their their line of work and their 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 expertise is just it's um it's a sick thing. So um, when, it, when it's a little bit easier to deal with when you're talking about adults that are going after you. But when you see this, um, this skeevy, you know, the, the Nosferatu kind of vampirism that is all focused on children, um, because, of course, that is how they create 
their future. I mean, it's, it's about creating a mindset. They have to recruit. They have to condition. And, uh, and that's it. It's, I hate the conditioning part of it because it's the, um, it's the first, first level of molestation that, that really just it, it ruins a person forever. Uh, yeah, and it seems like that's what's going on there. The guy's twisted presentation of the idea of a right to privacy. I was just appalled by too. It's like, okay, so an idea, the California Constitution's right to privacy that was instituted to protect the individual or the families from government, you have now twisted to say that actually that that right to privacy means the government will intrude upon the home, intrude on the relationship between parent and child to protect parent from child that the right to privacy actually means the government stepping foot in your home effectively or metaphorically at least um it's completely twisted i mean these, these people are yeah uh, these are there are evil forces at play yeah and so i guess i i see what you're going where you went to with this um with the california example uh, compared to Long Island over here with this exercise in fifth grade, which, yeah, I, the 31-year-old homosexual architect. All right, wh- what does that mean? Um, is that a is that a test of, you know, whether or not you, I, I, what is that about? Do you need an architect or do you need a homosexual? Or do you yeah. just not, it, it, it makes the limited information they gave in all of these people. You get like one or two traits about them, maybe a theoretical positive and a theoretical negative. And I think you're exactly right. I think the expectation is student will make a judgment, good or bad, on homosexuality and how to handle that child will then be assessed. I would assume. Right. Well, the 50-year-old musician previously addicted to cocaine. He's not addicted now. And in the next three months, he has no cocaine that he can find. I mean, even even the married couple, the wife is a an alcoholic. Uh, well, she's not going to be for the next three months. She's going to dry out pretty quick, and um, that, that might be a uh, that might be one hell of a ride for the people around her because she's not going to be comfortable. Um, but but still, what do they bring to the table? We don't know. I mean, sometimes it's easier to know what a person can do based on their age rather than what they're addicted to or had been in the past. But yeah, I like you said, look at all the conversation that's popped up from it, which is why. I like things like this. I just think that um, I don't know too much about this teacher, but maybe she was just a little bit overzealous bringing that into a uh, classroom full of 10th graders. I mean, 10-year-olds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do we know if it was designed by the teacher or was this some exercise that came from somewhere else? Uh, Let me see here. Middle school teacher has been pulled for assignment. The assignment was given to students. Didn't say whether she, she did it herself. The students were asked who they would allow into a fallout shelter in the event of a nuclear attack and were given 10 options to choose from. Letter to families of the students. Uh, On Tuesday, the principal said that they have launched a full investigation into deeply inappropriate assignment, which included central office administration and substitute teacher will be provided. Uh, Nothing about whether or not she created it. She probably got it offline. There's all types of things like this all over the place. And... um, I can see this being used as the kind of things that you would roll out in varying degrees, uh, very you know different variations in like team building exercises in corporate settings and all that. You go on a yeah. you know a classroom retreat and you do stuff yeah, like this. I'd be so nervous with this one in in the the business setting though, or even if it was like at a college class or something where maybe it's a little more age appropriate. 
But if you start having to evaluate people's sexual identities as a theoretical good or bad thing in the survival situation, true. Uh, you're going to have a lot of people very angry at you very quickly. It's true. Now you say that this game, this exercise is most appropriate on a Saturday night with your friends. Uh, if you're, you know, hanging out in your backyard, you got a fire pit going on. That's really that's that's really where this is. Where are you going to do this? You can't you can't mention any HR would be all over this. So for for a ten year old, no. For a full grown person in a uh, in a professional environment, no. You're screwed on human resources level. So uh, she probably I don't know where the hell she found this, but it uh, it's just you got to do this with friends. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> suppose it is like playing cards against humanity at the workplace meeting or something like that but if hr is bringing that themselves they're really just setting a trap for you it's really their fault at their at that point yeah well uh matt i gotta thank you so much for the time you spent with me tonight it's been great to have you on um course, yeah. now I, I i i'm you and i are gonna be hanging out on sunday night no sunday night yeah uh my typical co-host blonde she's off to a, a japanese vacation for oh. two weeks in fact they're leaving like as we speak so um so we'll have you fill in on the sunday show and we'll uh we'll run through the normal news topics as usual although i probably should have planned with you ahead of time because we've been doing this movie review bit for a little while now and i know we had talked about maybe integrating some movie reviews i should have planned ahead so we could do a movie review together well i mean we I got we still got days if you, if you have you know, a movie you want to review you let me know i'll watch it this it's all like done through our audience and stuff and they they vote so the selection for what would be this sunday was the dark knight oh. um but I, I i said that i'd wait till blonde came back okay she wants so i think we'll forego the movie bit but uh but other than that you know we'll run the show as as uh as normally as we usually would um and uh that's sunday night nine eastern over on my channel again uh, you can try to find me on youtube where i exist only in a ghost world you can type out my long url which is impossible to spell or you can take the simple route and just go to mattis.gay uh sunday night nine eastern you'll find frank and me there mattis.gay.com no that's just it's incredible you know um yeah. i'm 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 happy that worked out for you you see oh, it's a, a, great. never put it past the audience to do something creative and kind for you and uh, yeah. and they did. They spent money on you, and they also made it a lot easier for people to find you. Yep. All right. I uh, appreciate that guy out there very much. He's a very kind soul. Well, Matt, it's been great to have you on. And until Sunday night, 9 o'clock, I, uh, I hope you have a great week. And let me know if there's anything I can, I can uh, prepare for that evening. Sure. I'll be in touch, and uh, have a great rest of the stream. All right. Take care, man. There goes Matt. Hung, 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 hung. Great, great, great. Great to have him by. Sunday night should be fun too because I'll just be getting I'll, you know I'll be back in town for a few hours after you know rolling in from Jay Gulenell's health retreat and uh, I think everything at the studio at home is coming along nicely I won't aesthetically I won't be all set up the way I want to be uh Lauren and I have been looking into some LED neon led creations that are going to be really awesome when they're finally in the background but other things have been well uh you know well tested audio is great um light balancing has been good so far with what i have but there's gonna be little hits little hits in the whole the uh the studio at home that's really going to make all the impromptu streams and late night specials that we're going to be able to launch all the more special and dazzling i took calls on Saturday night for a little bit, tested out those those levels. That came back great. A little bit of music.
that came back great and i'm uh, i'm ready for i'm ready for a new chapter a fun one too all right ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back in just a minute and then we're going to take your calls on uh, this and everything else don't go anywhere it's intermission time folks time out to press the like button thank you Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 We all support. Quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Joe Brandon. Quite frankly. And Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke? So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Got it. No wonder my happy heart sings. Your love has given me wings. Penso che un sogno così non ritorna mai più. Mi dipingi con le mani nella faccia di blu. E improvviso tenido dal vento rapito. Oh yeah. E cominciavo a volare nel cielo infinito Tony Martin I'll break his legs <laughs> down each avenue via street or strada you can see him disappearing two by two on an evening in Roma do they take him for espresso yeah I guess so on each lover's arm, a girl, I wish I knew, even in Roma. Though they're grinning and mandolining in sunny Italy. The beginning has just begun when the sun goes down. So please meet me in the plaza, near casa, I am only one and one. Much to you on an evening in Rome. 
Welcome back. We are going to our Super Chats, and we're taking some calls. Uh, I want to talk about these African mercenaries in Italy and all throughout um, around uh, the, uh, the EU. The mercenaries that are over here in the U.S. as well. You can call it an invasion. It certainly is. It is a uh, paid invasion. It's a foreign army. They are pretty much mercenaries. They are being coaxed by enemies within Europe, enemies within the United States that want their countries or a country that uh, they have been taught to hate and just lust for its destruction to uh, be completely consumed. And, uh, and that's it. They essentially bought themselves an army by ringing a dinner bell. And uh, that's what we have going on. So you can talk a little bit about that. I saw them building roadblocks and resisting local authorities in Italy. And then we have this. We got migrants. We got the missing plane. We got Lauren Boebert getting her, uh, getting motorboated in a dark theater somewhere. Uh, fifth grade death panel exercise. I want to get around to that to you. You know, I, should, I gotta say, boy oh boy, they should have put Jeffrey Epstein inside of that movie theater that Lauren Boebert was getting motorboated in. Because security that doesn't sleep, cameras that work, boy, he'd still be alive. He'd still be alive today. No doubt about it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I didn't ask, um, I didn't ask Matt about aliens. Because I have a couple other things that were popping up and I want to know. Maybe I'll ask him about this on Sunday. I'll leave those, uh, those notes over here. Didn't get through my notes. Essentially. All right. Thank you, Sean Joe Delona. Secret Weapons says, thanks, Frank. Joe M says, the earth is flat, dude. <laughs> Thank you, Sean Joe. CB Joey says, fighter jet. Check. Nuke. Waiting. Soon, Biden. I don't know how bad it's going to be. But we'll see. Boys Blanc, Robert Sarns, Witchy Poo says happy birthday, Month Aurora. I, you, you, you're very nice. You're very nice to her. But um, she's like, hey, she wakes up, she wishes us a happy birthday. She says, Mom, happy birthday. And now, um, now she says it's not my birthday anymore. So she understands because some people have birthday month, and I don't understand. Like people in their late thirties still have birthday month, and I don't understand it. I never did. One day's enough. Thank you, Sean Joe. Paulie says, we had plenty of migrants celebrating Mexican Independence Day here down in downtown Chicago. Oh, yeah, something. 
I saw all the, the traffic signs were put in either side of my town. Uh, avoid, avoid, you know, the main street between so-and-so-and-so-and-so. There's a parade. Oh, yeah, what parade is that? Oh, a one you're not invited to. I love how they tell you, um, hey, they, uh, you know, avoid this street on this day. There's a parade. Can you tell us about the parade? Maybe we can go. Oh, no, no, no. You, you, no, no, no. If you're reading this, you, you don't want to be here for that. If you're read, if you're actually able to read this in English, then you're, you're not invited anyway. That's pretty much what it come down to. Web Gorilla, thank you so much. Wichipoo again, thank you. Delona, Porpoiseful, a lot from, oh, Cookies Galore from Witchy and Delona again. And then C. Blanche at the end. Oh, there's a little bit more over here. Hold on. Zoso Dude says, what a fun and interesting show tonight. It's always great when Matt comes on. Pam D. Uh, more from Delona and River Pike and C. Blanche. It's great. I, I just love, uh, there's a bunch of pills being dumped into the uh, the chat room over there on Foxhole and quite frankly TV on Rumble we got Penny Whitbro Nurse Penny who will be coming on later on this month Nurse Penny says uh, maybe she thought that she can convert him Lauren Bobert she's talking about maybe she thought she can convert her date to conservatism by letting him grope her magical boobs that's what Matt thought too that's what Matt thought too and uh, Wild uh, Wild G says possum. So there's that. On to, quite frankly, superchat.com. Then we're going to give away this book. Jay Britt says, Frank, Friday night Matt is going to be so jealous of, of Matt is gay. Matt is dot gay. URL being taken. I didn't know anything about that. You're right. You're right. That would have been a great URL to... Um, to forward to something stupid that had something to do with Matt. Uh, you know, Friday night, Matt. Stostube says, just a Monday super chat to kick off another wonderful, quite frankly, week of listens. Dropping off the, quite frankly, token of appreciation, Frank. Thank you so much, Christos. Uh, you know, I gotta say, again, I know that I'm out of town. I'm leaving town to go up to New England to um, hang out with Jay and do, uh, you know, spend some time at this nice retreat for two days. So Thursday and Friday, whereas I won't be live at seven, I do intend of recording things like audio podcasts and getting it up on the SoundCloud, getting it up on, which then goes to iTunes and, you know, Google and Spotify and all that. Uh, I will be doing some stuff from the road and I don't know. You know, Jay seems to want me to live stream, I think on Friday. I didn't, I forget what the itinerary was. Either Thursday, Friday, or something like that at like 6 p.m. I don't know. I saw it in the itinerary somewhere. It said live. So maybe they'll have Ethernet and maybe I can do something through the, uh, we'll see. I have to evaluate it when I get up there, but um, it won't be a complete. You know, radio silence for the rest of the weekend. And then Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, I will be on with uh, Matt Christensen that we just hung out with tonight. So that'll be good. I think it's about 90 minutes on a Sunday night. So that'll make up for a lot. And um, I'm looking forward to that because it was really great the last time we, we were able to do that, that I filled in for Blonde. Uh, that was when she was having her child. And now I'm filling in for Blonde as she's going to Japan. 
What an exciting life she lives. Dan Juman says the world record for sleep deprivation was set in 1977 at 11 and a half days, and then it was stopped. Who knows what the world record is in 2023? Yeah, we've got a lot more people who've got a lot more problems in 2023. Um, I don't know, you know, what kind of substances are involved, you know, what benders people go on. But sleep deprivation record, 11 and a half days, 1977. Well, we had a call last week that talked about a 12-day bender and an 8-day bender. So I believe it was somebody from North Carolina. Let me see how far back I can go. Who was it? Um, September. It was September 13th. That's right. I don't know. I don't know. I'm got lost in there somewhere. Anyway, it was on the 13th, and they are actually the world record holder. I think it was Dan from North Carolina. 12 days, beat that 11 and a half days. We know at least one world record holder in our own audience. I don't know if that's something to be proud of. Thankfully, it seems like he's kind of gotten that under control. But Shotzi says, looking forward to another great week. Sending some love. Well received there, Shotzi. Thank you. Incompetent Hand says, oh, hey, Matt. To Matt Christensen. What's up? It took a guy in Montana to get a guy from Bergen County, now in Florida, to introduce a guy in Westchester. Don't know if it's a small world or a complicated one. I'm just glad it worked out. Another C.S. Lewis book club with Matt. Incompetent hands, what? You introduced me to... You're saying you introduced me to Matt? I don't understand that. But I would do a book club with Matt Christensen. Sure. That he wants to do C.S. Lewis? I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Okay, so that's a little bit... Now let's get down to who has won this. You got a couple dozen people in this. Lauren took out all of the duplicate names. I sent her, I exported the CSV file, and she did, uh, she got all the duplicates out, came down to about 22 or 23 people. Let's see who wins my book club book for The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Here we go. Just touching all of them in my palm, on my fingertips, and I've got something now. Oh, wait, there's two. Wiggly stayed here. Let me look. And the winner is Shotzi. Shotzi won. <laughs> she, uh, she just sent me uh, something over here right now. Look at that. Congratulations, Shotzi. Now, Shotzi, I will email you afterwards and you let me know if you want the book. Because, you know, there's some people out there who really want it. And if you wanted to read it, if you don't, I'll send you something else and I'll keep the book in the running. You just let me know. I'll email you afterwards. You let me know. You have the option to pass it on to somebody else, and we'll continue to draw. And I'll send you something else instead. Um, I should also say that it is September, and we are working on it. What's um, what you call? Uh, it's Lauren's. I mean, Lauren put together some special edition postcards. If you are a postcard reci recipient, the monthly postcard recipient through either. 
subscribe star or patreon you're getting a very special edition postcard this this month uh it was done in a uh, art session with aurora some of them are aurora some of them are lauren and um and so you still have time to sign up for for those slots on patreon or subscribe star and uh, if you just want a, a special edition aurora postcard then uh then you can drop a uh, a little tip on on what you call a uh, paypal and just include your address like we always do this time of year so include your address and you'll get the special edition postcard and then we'll hear from Shotzi later on but congratulations once again all right let's go to the calls 914-200-0269 here's what i want to hear from you all here's what i want to hear the fifth grade teacher i want to hear how some of you will uh answer that what the hell would you do with this a 16 year old pregnant girl you can't put a 16 year old pregnant girl and a, you know and, and her baby out out during a nuclear holocaust the police officer with multiple charges of brutality pending against him and he has a gun now is that being told to us in a way where are you going to say no to the police officer you cannot come in here he uh, is a brutal person and he has a gun or are you saying here is a police officer he has a gun which is a useful tool uh, but he he comes with a little bit of a dark side because I'll tell you something I think uh, I don't think I need him 38 year old retired prostitute my question is is she still able to have children A 75-year-old priest, a 35-year-old sterile female doctor, a husband and a wife. They refuse to be separated. He's a lawyer, and she's an alcoholic. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the lawyer, the lawyer could be worse than an alcoholic. You may not want to be around either of them. A 31-year-old home homosexual architect, a 50-year-old musician previously addicted to cocaine. Don't know if it's a man or a woman, but you get some. Um, and also, what kind of music, music do they play? Because three months of, I don't know, like Indigo Girls is just not going, I, I can't do it. I can't do that. A 28-year-old drifter with no apparent skills. So if I six people, I'm le I think I'm leaving the police officer out. That's, that's one. Um... I think I'm leaving the uh, the retired prostitute. I don't know. I don't know. The musician. It's a really. It's a. It's a. It's a bad. It's a. This is a, a tough one for me. It might be the musician. I think I might take the drifter, just because of the youth factor. Just because the youth factor. You need a doctor. 914-200-0269. What do you think about this? Uh, here's a call. What's going on? Who's this? Hey, Frank. Uh, this is Vinny Martinelli. What's going on, Vinny? What do you think tonight? Uh, I'm listening to you, and I, I, I try to always get back to a baseline. And the baseline is that the teachers that we're dealing with now, think about them as cultural revolutionary Marxists. Mm -hmm. So in China back in the day, 
the the kids dragged the teachers out of the schools and they they made a mockery of them they tortured them in public they lost their pensions and their jobs here they're doing a reverse action on us so the maoists they started as kids they they they, they recruited them already they've already been trained up and now they're in positions of authority and they're good maoist communists right they're not marxists they're maoists because what the maoists did was a hyper-violent cultural revolution what they're doing to our children is hyper violence it's getting there oh it's getting there oh, the the justification you know the, the... i've been beaten up and i've been i and i i and i, I i've lived through character assault i'd rather fight on my feet than be beaten down with with with, with the psychological torture well, they're uh, they're definitely building up the predicate for the the need for physical force, as you can see. They well, don't care. Well, what, what I would warn you about, Frankie, I'm sorry, I don't even know if we're on the air. I'm just talking. Um, what I think this is, this is a fucking flip. This is a left. This is a this is a left to right flip. We're going through a flip, and you know, you have to ask yourself: Do you want to live under the military, or do you want to live under fake politicians? What they're warming us up for is for us to accept the the. the good conservative mainly abrahamic religious muslims too which fall under abrahamic law to a certain degree they're trying to get us cheering for a military takeover because that's what we're going to feel is necessary they've come after our children and I'm, i i would never you, you you take your children out of school because because they are they are being harmed for life because we have to hope that they get to be those fun 13, 14 year old kids that we were. And if they brought a fat man in a dress to school and had them read me a story, I would have laughed them out of the fucking classroom. Like, are our kids going to get there to where they have anything left if you put them in public schools? Because I've seen the videos of what these people talk about and how they talk about. I'm not calling it grooming, I'm talking about a hustler finding a mark. And they see our kids as marks. They know how to manipulate them. They're conning them. They are not really invested in any of this. They are brain dead, sociopathic, psychotic, whatever you want to call it. I hate those terminologies, but they're politically insane. I know people that are politically insane on the right. and, And these people are on the left, and the left always do more damage. When they get going culturally, and they're doing it in a soft way here. And I'm done. Frank, I'm going to get off the phone. I love your fucking show. Peace out. Oh, thank you so much, man. Thank you. I, I Vin, that's good. That's, hey. He was on a roll. I let him go. I was talking with my niece, I think two weekends ago. It was a Sunday afternoon, and she showed me some things that were going on in her classroom. She, she showed me some books that she's reading and a few things that she was looking into. And I forgot. Oh, well, you know, she said, we're talking about the preamble. And we and she gave, she said, I said, what kind of ex- exercise are you doing? She's in high school. I think she's a junior. And she said, well, for example, they um, they asked the question in, in our class, do we, you know, we look at the preamble of the Constitution and we ask ourselves whether or not we have lived up to the promise of America. And I said, oh boy. And she, and, and she was pretty honest with me. And she said, um, she said, yeah, I, 
I, I don't know too much about my teacher's politics, but if I were to guess, I would say that they're, they all feel very, you know, Democrat. And I, I said, yeah, I, I said, let me tell you something. They are. And you're about to go into a real sticky situation, especially in college. What they're going to throw at you is going to be incredible, especially since you're a girl, uh, especially since she's biracial. It's, um, it, 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 you're going to be, you're going to have a lot thrown at you. And we were talking about this. And we're talking about political alignments, you know, the, you know, what left and right really is in relation to the Constitution and, um, and, and what kind of philosophy is really embedded in it all. And that's the real, that's the real thing there. There is just, there are just marks. Everybody's been turned into a mark. Um, the, the teachers, they, they prefer girls over boys. Uh, boys, they want to see completely softened up and they want to see them submissive. Uh, then you start getting into racial divisions. You know that there is a uh, there is a, a, a growing animus for white people, and um, and this this feeling like we're coming into a, a new age of uh, restitution for those who have been downtrodden for so long. It's all a fucking it's all it's it's all a con. It's all a con. But inside of that con, some people get really great perks. They get to be. They get to be the ones who are the the hallway monitors. They get uh, they get access to more resources, even though it doesn't do them any good. Uh, they get standards lowered, so they have less resistance to get to where they want to go. And everybody else becomes the beasts of burden. Um, they become the beasts of burden that uh, that produce for those who are just you know are just uh, you know the actors in a play. That's really it. It's not real life. What school? When you think about that, what was school or any kind of preparatory institution supposed to be able to do for you? It's supposed to prep you to go to a next level in life, whether it be adulthood, going out in the job off the uh, job uh, job scene in the market there, have some viable skills. What you are being prepped for now, from the time that you're just getting out of diapers, is to exist inside of a completely fictitious world where there are race and gender hierarchies and there are there is just histories of of uh of oppression and and privilege that ha that that are that go back so many hundreds of years that need to be atoned for right now i, I mean it is a joke Seriously, what are you being prepped for? To be a slave inside of a fucking useless game that does nothing but waste your life. Even the people who think that they have privilege in this new this new world. You know, the the you know the the, the feminist women, the teachers them, the, the the new priests of this religion. Uh however you land on the progressive stack, okay? No matter how, you know, non-white non-male and how gay you are whatever gives you more authority inside of that stack of boxes checked and how diverse you are um it, it prepares you for absolutely nothing that's real like the, the, you better hope that there is not an economic collapse that's coming you better hope that this world really does not meet its end because that only matters in a made-up 
psychotic squid game fantasy. That's the only place where that, that, that that's made up. Everything else is just, uh, what can you do? Can you swing an axe? Can you swing a hammer? Can you drive a nail? Can you prepare your food? Can you can you can you find something to eat? Can you find some good water? I mean, that's just it. Can you fight your way through the jungle? That's just really what it is, and it's um, it's nuts. It's nuts. We're being prepared to to just uh, beg for food inside of a, a a really stupid simulation. That's what they're preparing us for. So yeah, get the hell out of the uh, schools, and um, and I think. I think the homosexual architect can stay in my my nuclear uh, facility if he will agree to inseminate some uh, you know a- any willing fertile females that are left afterwards. If if that is part of the whole thing, do we have to rebuild society? I think that this is a great test of logic. Obviously, not a conversation for a ten year old, but conversations like this I think are great logic building debate. Uh, debate-inspiring topics. I love them. Per, in, you know, me me personally. All right, let's take a call from area code 541. You're on the air. Who's this? This is your brother, Zoe. What's going on, Zoe? You know, Frank, I, uh, I, it's not something that you had requested, but I really wanted to touch on something that you and Matt had talked about earlier. Okay. A- and that is the fact, uh, I mean, I think you brought it up. There are so many celebrities that are passing away that uh, are just, they're, if, if they get a, a brief mention, it, it seems crazy. I got a flashback because, you know, I'm a generation older than you. I had a career in Hollywood for 10 years in the 80s on uh, a show that I'm embarrassed to say the name of, but back in the 80s, Entertainment Tonight was actually a news show about entertainment before the internet before TMZ, before any of the other, we were it. If you wanted entertainment news, that was it. We actually had a guy whose job, his full-time job, 40 hours a week, was doing these intense obituaries for people who hadn't died yet, people like prominent actors, uh, people like Lucille Ball, Bob Hope, uh, the, the big ones. And it might sound a little morose to think that we got a guy, but you know, back then we re- they, we really wanted to put our best foot forward and celebrate this person's life. These you know these game changing people really really give the devil their due. And uh, nowadays, I mean, a prominent guy like like you mentioned, Hank Aaron. Uh, my God, if if I hadn't read a tiny little blurb. I wouldn't even have known he went. Yep, I know. It's 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 sad. It's sad. I'm I'm not saying that we should run around, you know, lamenting the dead. But for God, maybe there should be an entity that just keeps tabs on who's still with us and who isn't. Well, I you know if you if you go into like the immemoriums for every year, you can find it. Like for example, I was looking through 2022. And I saw, I got reminded that Kirstie Alley died, and um, and, and and who yeah. else? There's there's more there too. The um, I thought, well, Jake Flint, uh, Irene Cara. Let's see here. 
There was a I lot. I had to go and look up who that diamond guy was, you know, the Saved by the Bell kid. I, I, the name didn't ring a bell with me, but yep. now I know who you're talking about. Oh, there's Aaron. You remember Aaron Carter. You want to talk about uh, uh, Coolio. Uh, Aaron yeah. Carter. Aaron Carter and Coolio, those are around the same things there. That was around the same thing. Uh, they, they were all very, very similar in what was going on. So there's a, there's weirdness in the lead-up to some people's deaths. There's also weirdness in the hush-hush of everything else because you know that, uh, especially between late 2020 and 2022, a lot of people are taking things. And uh, and and it's almost like they wanted people, if they're going to die, to die quietly and just go away. Uh, it's kind of strange. It it's, is. It's just, you know, I mean, some major people, when they go, it would be it would be nice if they got a little bit more than a, hey, that's too bad, you know? Yeah. Anyway, really enjoyed the show tonight, man. Great guest. Really, uh, really interesting. I guess I'm going to have to come find you guys on Sunday night. Well, I hope you enjoy it. I, it all started at 9, 9 p.m., and uh, it, it's usually pretty well watched. Every time he and Blonde are are, are live on, on uh, Sunday and I pop in, pop out, and just lurk a little bit, there's always a good amount of people watching, and um, it's, a, it's a very tight-knit audience. So I, uh, I, I'm really excited to represent the... The quite frankly tribe over there in Matt Christensen land on Sunday night. Sounds good, buddy. All right, have a good one. Talk to you soon. Later. All right, nine. So what I'm going to do is I'll get emails from people about this, about what they would do um, in this experiment, the social experiment, and uh, maybe we can read through it tomorrow. Tomorrow night we're going to have a show. We'll go. We'll be live until about eight ten or so. That's band practice time. So I'll go. I'll go live a little bit earlier too. So we only miss about thirty minutes or so, and um, and maybe we'll open up the lines and we will do our inside information line. I would like to hear that. I just got a message from Justin. Says Frank, did you hear John Ward mention you on his latest mezzanine stream? Yes. Yes. John Ward talked about. Um, me go. I don't know who brought me up, but uh, he said he was going to come up to New York soon, and that uh, he would like to kidnap me and bring me to uh, his neck of the woods, where I would have to struggle to survive, because I'm a suburban city boy going into the the sticks. It would be really hard for me to survive. Just like if he were to be plopped in the middle of a big city, he would kind of have some kind of like sensory overload himself and whatever. Um, and then he got really, and then he started talking about, you know, Frank can shoot me if he want. Like, I can shoot him. It, it, it took a turn real quick. It's somewhere around like the, the 31 minute mark. Like, give or take a couple of minutes around that area. So, yeah, I'm, I can't wait for him to come by. And I did see that he had messaged me, he had mentioned me. In his uh, Sunday stream. So that's good. On the stream tonight, I don't have any previews over here because I left my phone at home. So I've been kind of flying blind. But we have a uh, Monday night stream over here that is about to kick off as I end. So I hope you're all uh, sticking around. And congratulations, Shotzi, for winning Devil in the White City. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything else over here. On Rumble. It's great to have all the people hanging out on Rumble. And I'm sorry again for everybody who 
is comfortable with YouTube, but um, the time has come to uh, to do something that will only benefit us on the day that we are ultimately told you cannot be on YouTube anymore. And that's what's happening. So we're at least gonna split up everything so that we can establish a pattern and, and, and just move people over and get used to something else. All right, yeah. Uh, Birch, please, says you learn pretty quick, Frank. I just saw that in the in the rumble there too. I hope I'd learn quick. I can chop wood. You know, I've been using a lot of tools lately. I've been put I've been putting things together. I'm gonna fix the trellis in my backyard soon. Okay, like I am becoming a, a regular Bob Vila. Now, as far as hunting, killing, and dressing animals, that's something else. I still have a problem with dead bodies of any species. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Anywho, you guys are having a you guys have a great night. I hope that I can see you on quitefrankly.tv. That is where the after hours programming is about to kick off. And until tomorrow, I'm really, really excited to to do our thing tomorrow. Hold on. Uh, Fruit Pie the Magician says, Hi from New Hampshire. We have a Canadian problem. You do. Of what about French Canadian problem in particular? Dubda man, thank you. Witchy Poo, thank you for all the phones and the cans and the cookies. And Porpoiseful, CJMM61 sent over a can as well. Thank you all for taking such good care of me over there on Foxhole, the home of not only Quite Frankly 7 o'clock, but of the Quite Frankly Network, which kicks off right now. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, unless you are not on QuiteFrankly.tv. Go there. And I'll see you at 7 o'clock tomorrow. Good night. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience. And now our super chatter, starting with Jay Britz, Stostube, Dan Schumann, Shotzi, Incompetent Hands, to Nurse Penny, and to also... Uh, 925 Wild G. All my wonderful friends over on Pilled. That is quite frankly TV with the foxhole. And thanks again to Matt Christensen. I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs>